position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which... That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news, we have the latest titles that we are interested in, of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews, and then we have, of course, everyone's favorite the deals! Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of... It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, and welcome to episode number 74 of the Best Linux Games Podcast. Uh, this is our second take of it. Evidently, we lost an entire fucking recording of it earlier today. Oh, well. Um, this is being recorded for you, uh, on March 26th. Uh, well, 2016-03-26. That would make it a Saturday, March 26th at 14.40 p.m. Pacific time. Which, if you are a human being, that would make it, uh, Saturday, March 26th, 2016, 2.46 p.m. or 2.40 p.m. Um, okay, so we have a lot of stuff to talk about this week, uh, but first of all, let's get to our our, uh, our top stories. First of all, in our top stories, Payday 2 has finally come to Linux. Yes, indeed. You'll find this to be a running theme throughout the entirety of this episode. Every one of our segments uh, talks about Payday 2, including our feature, which is uh, basically a whole feature on Payday 2. Um, it comes close to being a review, but I'm not, I'm only 21 hours in the game, so blah. Second piece of, uh, top story news. Um, I still have yet to get in direct contact with the HTC Vive people. Um, we've been playing an epic game of telephone tag Escaladio that threatens to destroy the free world. Ah, yes, if it weren't for mutually assured self-destruction, mutually assured destruction, uh, 
I'm sure we wouldn't even be having this conversation over the interwebs as as I speak to you now. The next voice you hear will be the sound of this phone melting. Um, but yeah, uh, hopefully by Monday or Tuesday, we we will have all of that ironed out. So that's enough of the uh, top stories. Let's get to our new and noteworthy. The first title actually really speaks for itself in a kind of perverse way. Um, it is. OOTP 17, Out of the Park 17, uh, which for the uninitiated is a baseball management simulator. It's the ultimate baseball management simulator. In fact, well, okay, as a new fan of the New York Mets since 1999, I have to say that Keith Hernandez, if he were here in the booth with, well, with Ivor at least, hi Ivor, crack engineer Ivor Molina from the booth says hi. Um, he would be holding up a yellow legal pad. With in Sharpie, Keith Hernandez would be holding up a yellow legal pad in Sharpie on it saying, What about Stratomatic, motherfucker? Well, okay, so since Stratomatic, uh, there's been a dearth of, uh, <laughs> of baseball management simulation, baseball management simulators and out of the park baseball is the ultimate, the premier, the major leagues of the major leagues. Let's, let's, let them talk about it for about 30 seconds here. Oh, so awesome. Out of the Park Baseball 17, the world's best baseball strategy game. Oh, hell yeah, it's baby. better and more authentic than ever. It's fully licensed by both MLB.com oh, and the yeah. Association. But don't take our word for it. This is a game that John Henry, the principal owner of the Boston Red Sox, called an astonishing accomplishment. It is, and even though that's you know, a dubious an actual baseball team owner. Anyway, Out of the Park Baseball 17 is deep and immersive, yet it's easy to jump in and explore. Start a new season with 2016 opening day rosters, all the real MLB teams and their actual fucking players a baby, along with all the real minor league teams and their players, down to rookie ball. Down to rookie ball. Your career with any major league season from nearly 150 years of baseball. Awesome. Heck, any minor league season too. Oh my God. Teams rosters from 1919. Minor leagues from 1919 to 2015. With over 150,000 real players. Oh my God. historical major league teams in an astonishing new historical exhibition mode. Awesome. To play a single game or a series. Yeah. Oh, that's so Choose fucking it. cool. So anyway, you get the idea. It's it's like the I can't remember uh, my one of my good friends, uh, Matthew James Kendall, who actually I think might be working as a scout for. Um... Anyway, but this doesn't matter. Uh, he used to be in love with this uh, uh, a program. It was I think it's called Soccer Manager or something like that. This is the equivalent of that. It's you're not going to be spending time uh, honing your skills in individual at bats. You're gonna it's it's baseball management, um, and it's a simulation. It's fucking awesome. Right now, out of the park, baseball seventeen, which came out um, March twenty second, so just a couple days ago. Uh, right now, it is available for ten percent off now through March twenty ninth at thirty five dollars ninety nine cents. And if you're a baseball fan like I am, man, you better. I think you better get get it right now and get your shit together. April is like a week away, motherfucker. So get your season in order. Get your house in order, motherfucker. 
So, okay, that's Out of the Park Baseball 17. Then we have Payday 2, which we'll talk about in our feature. Then we have a game called Slain, which I'm hesitant to recommend. Um, I'm not recommending it at all, actually, but it is brand new, and it's got mixed reviews. Um, here's what they have to say. A heavy metal-inspired combat with puzzle elements and gore galore. Stunning visuals and true old-school gameplay with classic arcade combat accomplished by the most, accompanied by the most metal soundtrack you've ever heard. Prepare to be slain. Will you accept that challenge? Now, go look at the video for Slain before buying it, because they, they're asking kind of a hefty buying price. This is a side-scrolling um, platformer uh, with melee weapons, um, a la the 19... I'd say late 80s in the arcades, maybe early 90s in the arcades. They want $11.69 for it, and that's now through March 31st, so that's a 10% discount. Um, the reviews have been mixed at 254 reviews, and one of the reasons why I'm hesitant to buy it is that as pretty as the game looks in the video, it looks like the controls are like Altered Beast kind of style. It looks like they're kind of sluggish, and I can't stand that. I just, I really can't stand it at all. But maybe it's, it, maybe it's the type of thing that'll float your boat. If it is, go pick up Slain right away, baby. Um... Yeah, let me look at the, some of these reviews. Yeah, okay, so like I said, they're mixed, so it's like basically 50-50, but a lot of these uh a lot of these uh a lot of these reviews are complain about the controls specifically. Um So anyway, that's slain, which brings us to uh our feature this week, which is Payday 2. Now for... <laughs> let's, see, let's see if we can get some... Yes, I was, of course, born on 1st of January, 1947. That's what Steam thinks. That's when Steam thinks I was born. Steam thinks I'm the oldest gamer left alive. So yeah, Payday 2 has finally come to Linux. And, uh... <laughs> Payday 2, here's what they have to say, is an action pack. Oh, that's what it sounds like right there. That's that's more like it. Oh, right now the video is showing a guy uh, reloading a, a, a pistol. Looks like a Beretta. Oh, oh yeah. As the cargo bay doors of the aircraft they're in, money is swirling around. The cargo bay doors open. The pallets of money. The pallets of money, they're pushing them out. And then the guys in the familiar masks stare directly in the camera and off they go! Leaping out to follow the money. Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. Oh, God. Wow. Um, so, for the uninitiated, Payday 2 is one of those games that I hoped and prayed and hoped and prayed might one day come to Linux. It's come to Linux, baby. Um, for the uninitiated, it's, uh, here's what they have to say. Payday 2 is an action-packed four-player co-op shooter that lets gamers don the masks of the original Payday crew, Dallas, Hoxton, Wolf, and Chains, as they descend on Washington, D.C. for an epic crime spree. Okay. I've logged 20 out, 20 some odd hours in this game. 21 hours. So let's talk about what's good about this game and what's bad about this game. First, before we even get to that, let me tell you this. You need to go buy Payday 2 right fucking now. If you don't want to buy Payday 2 right fucking now, 
For the next four days and like 19 hours, you can play it for free. But if you buy it now, I say fuck playing it for free. Because right now, it's 75% off until, uh, let's see. Oh, shit. Right now, it's 75% off at $4.99 until March 31st. This might be the best $4.99 that you have spent on a video game, that you will spend on a video game for all of 2016. It is fabulous. Um, okay, so let's talk about the things that I like about Payday. Payday 2. Well, let's talk about, let's just explain what the game is. So, first of all, Payday 2 presents you with an open-ended, role-playing game like first-person shooter. It's a first-person shooter with role-playing game-like elements, um, where with an open-ended career mode where you get to pick what job you want to do out of an endless randomized pool of jobs. Each job has certain randomized elements to them, like certain locations will change from job to job, which adds for a great degree of replayability and uncertainty. Um, in offline mode, which is what I encourage everyone to start playing with, play in offline mode, because everything you do in offline mode ports directly to the online mode and vice versa. You have one character in this game for both online and offline. Um, the premise of the game is basically this. You, you, you're presented with a game map. It's, it's just a map, like a, and on this map are little, uh, icons that appear. Inside the icons are a little timer. That little timer determines when the job expires. It, they expire pretty quickly. It's like, you know, like you have like a minute to decide. But there's like, on the offline mode, there's at least eight icons at any given time. Um, if you click on it, you go to the briefing mode. If you accept it, then you go into 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 the game. The game itself basically is structured to create choke points for heat, like the movie Heat, like the ending of the the climax of the movie Heat type of firefights. So basically, while you're drilling a safe or popping a lock or doing any number of complex things. Um, everyone has to be covering you or you have to be covering everyone while you're moving the money. Every mission is a heist. What's awesome about this is that in online mode, these heists can get fairly complicated. They can also get fairly ridiculous. Um, but we'll get to that in a moment. After you complete a job, you get um, a certain cut of money from the contract, then you get a certain cut of money from, you know, the loose items that that you've stolen during during the contract. Um, and then some of that money goes into your offshore account, which I'm not sure what that's used for, other than just, like, sheer prestige. And then some of that money goes into your pocket, your, your, your spending money. Your spending money is used for two things. First, it's used to upgrade your character. There are five basic skill trees in Payday 2. Each one of those skill, uh, let's see, there's, uh, I'm just going from memory here. I'm just thinking, there's mastermind, enforcer, technician, ghost, fugitive, um, 
I think that's it. I think that's it. So we'll say that there's five, but there might be six. I can't remember. Each one of those five skill trees is broken into five separate sub-skill trees. These skill trees can be navigated in any order, um, but they are tiered to, to such, such that you need to have spent a certain number of points in a lower skill tree before you can unlock the next higher level of the skill tree across all five skill trees within that one skill tree. That makes no sense, but that's kind of a good way of explaining it. To unlock a skill tree, you, or to unlock a skill in a skill tree, you need a skill point or three skill points, which would be four skill points, plus money. What this adds up to is a fucking deep, deep game. These skills in the skill trees impart subtle incremental benefits to your character, depending on the way you want to play the game. It's entirely possible to focus completely on one skill tree, like for instance the technician, um, who at like after investing 36 skill points in that one skill tree can unlock shape charges, which unlock C4 for them instead of trip mines, which changes the game entirely for that character. That makes that character a very valuable specialist. Because now there's no more drilling into safes, there's no more picking locks on doors. Now you can just blast them, blast them, blast them. Um, which is super awesome. However, it's also entirely possible to create a very well-rounded character who's good at a great many different things with a focused specialization, you know, like a major in, you know, general studies and then a minor in accounting. You know what I mean? Um, so, okay, that's, all of that adds up to tremendous replayability, especially in the sense that the missions that you, you take, you get to choose the degree of difficulty, you get to choose which missions. You can play the same mission over and over and over and over again if you want. You just have to wait for it to pop back up, and it'll pop back up in like, you know, maybe three minutes, whatever. That's cool. You know, it's, I think it's very important for people to play as many of the missions in offline mode as they can, just so they get a, uh, a good sense of what their role might be when they jump into crime.net online and start playing with other people. Because there are some missions where it's not just set up the drill at the choke point and then, you know, defend the drill. There's some missions where it's set up the drill. Someone else needs to go find the gasoline that's hidden in the building. Someone else needs to go find the crowbar. Someone else needs to, uh, you know, blah, do this. Someone else needs to crack the other safe, you know, blah, blah, blah. Now, in offline mode, your AI crew sucks. They won't do any of that. The, at best, you know, they'll just provide cover fire for you, blah. Every mission basically consists of an infiltration, uh, a, a, uh, heist moment and, um, and an exfiltration, both of you and the cash. Some of the missions are spread across n- numerous days or phases, which is kind of cool. You will find yourself replaying early on a lot of the same missions over and over again. This is kind of neat and trains you well. And help gives you an opportunity. I, I've got 21 hours. I played my first four missions online early this morning. Um, at 21 hours, basically. Um, the offline mode is great because it, it lets you cut your teeth. So you're not the fucking new guy every time, you know, you have a basic idea of what's going on. And in some of the more complicated missions that really rely on focused, um, teamwork, uh, it's, it's nice to have, 
to know that, like, you know something of what the fuck you're supposed to be doing. There is vo- in-game voice chat. It's awesome. Um, so, you know, people will tell you what the fuck you need to be doing if you're fucking up. You can revive downed opponents, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, downed, uh, teammates, et cetera, et cetera, up to a point. Um, you can only carry two weapons. It's very realistic. It's very beautiful. It's a very pretty game. Now, things that I don't like about it. There are some, the whole game is designed to simulate a ridiculous blast fest. It is a demi-strategic first-person shooter. Meaning that it want, it wants to present you with a lot of shooting. So it's an action game with some minor strategy elements. This does not, this in no way deters from the fact that it is the best heist game ever made since Bonanza Brothers. And Bonanza Brothers, I don't even think had two player. Um, even though they were called the Bonanza Brothers. <clears throat> Actually, you know what? I think it did have two player. I think it had two players split screen. Let's have some whiskey here. I'm losing my voice. Sorry, I had to do, we're, we're redoing the same podcast we did earlier today. So, ah, if I sound hoarse, if I sound a little uninteresting, it's my bad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm doing the best I can. Let's have some whiskey. That always helps. Ooh. There's a wide variety of missions in the game um, that introduce unique wrinkles into this, you know, drill the vault or drill or, you know, infiltrate the building, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it does, it, the game tries to do this by um, interspersing pretty ridiculous um, need to find this item to continue the objective objectives. Um, like for instance, there's this one map, uh, where there's this one mission where you, your target is this IRS agent who's trying to sell a piece of equipment to this gang guy. Your job is to scare the IRS agent back into his limo. Once there, you guys have arranged for a magnetic crane to pick up the limo and drop it off on top of the tenement building where you guys plan to do the operation. You, then you guys go upstairs, you drill the, uh, you saw off the t- roof of the limousine, get the guy out, because he's got the codes that make the device work. Then you go to the back of the limo, to the trunk where the device is being held, and it says, this requires a crowbar, you need to find a crowbar. This is fucking ridiculous, and it really irritates me, and I don't, I understand why they want, I understand why that they have the, why they have these kind of play mechanics in the game, you know, it's to break up the blast fest, and the crowbar can be randomized into like one of six different locations. Um, and there's lots of missions that are like this. Um, it's to break up the entire team from just, you know, the entire team from just standing there, you know. Um, I understand that, but it seems totally fucking ridiculous to me that if you guys had organized and, and, and fucking specified, you know, had worked out the specs and everything and detailed this job so hardcore and cased this job so much with such specific planning that you guys could organize a fucking magnetic crane to be in position for where this limo would be at this certain time of day, then maybe, maybe on top of the fact that one of you guys, you know, managed to bring a saw to saw off the fucking roof, then maybe one of you would have brought a crowbar as well crowbar in comparison to all the guns you know fucking drills saws c4 med kits you know sidearms um your body armor you know all this shit 
Maybe someone would have brought a crowbar too, but no, you have to go find the crowbar. And like I said, it, it can be randomized into like one of five or six locations, which is kind of fun, but it's also kind of irritating, especially when it's a conceit that's so designed. So obviously designed to break up the gameplay. That being said, however, the sheer variety of gameplay in Payday 2 is interesting once you start playing it with other people. It's almost completely useless um, when you're playing it in offline mode for anything other than the most simple missions like the nightclub heist um, or the simpler bank heists. When you start playing with other people, though, that's when real planning comes into play and real specialization and TikTok of who's doing what, when, and why, and where um, really comes into play. Like, uh, in the nightclub, in the nightclub mission, for instance, um, every time you play the nightclub, there can be like one of three different possibilities. Like the, like there can be money in the, in, in, there can be one safe with money in it. There can be two safes, one with money and one with drugs in it. There can be a guy with a key card. There can be a guy without a key card. Um, you know, meaning you might have to drill two doors and two safes on harder difficulty levels. And the difficulty levels get exponentially difficult. Like on very hard, it's, I can't be very hard. I'm not, I'm not good enough. My, my character doesn't have enough, you know, blah. Anyway. But maybe with the right crew, I might be able to beat a very hard because we'd be able to strike with enough, um, force, you know, we'd be able to have two people drilling those doors and then eventually drilling those locks on the safes, um, or blowing them open with C4 to maybe get in and get out before the really nasty motherfuckers show up. And there are really nasty motherfuckers in terms of the opposition. They get, like, SWAT ninjas. They get fucking bomb squad guys that you can't hit, hurt or kill. They get shields. They get, um, it, it gets intense. It get, you get, you get flashbang. You get tased, which is my least favorite thing that's happened in the game so far. Um, so a wide variety of possibilities for, um, Maximizing efficiency with an actual human human crew. I'm forgetting... Oh, yeah. My other favorite thing about the game. So that's the only bad thing about the game, by the way. It's like playing it in offline mode gets pretty tedious. Um, and I'm not sure that... It takes a really good crew to be able to do some of these missions. Um, I'm thinking like Meltdown, if you've played the game before. Or Aftershock. If you played the game before, you need tight covering fire in some cases. Other cases, you, you need, um, really good planning. Uh, I mean, really good planning. Like, if you're going to try to use, that's one thing I don't like about the game. It has a shitty half baked stealth element to it that's not very good at all. But anyway, I'll close on my favorite thing about the game, apart from your skill tree, which will keep you, I'm level 44 after 20, after 21 hours in this game. That's pretty awesome. Like, level 50 unlocks a bunch of other stuff, but what's really cool is as you progress through the levels, you unlock the ability to buy newer and better guns. All of which are very expensive. All of which require cash out of pocket, just like upgrading your skill set. What's super cool about these guns, though, is not only can, not only are there just tons and tons and tons of these guns, you know, your sidearm and your, your, um, and your rifle, not only are there tons of these guns, like there's like page one is like 16 different guns. Each one of these guns 
has their own stats, which are augmented by your own stats, you know, from your skill tree and stuff. Um, and from this other separate skill tree that I won't even talk about. It's like a perk tree. It's a weird thing. But, uh, then each one of your guns can be modified according to seven, I think there's like seven different types of modifications that you can add on to your gun. You can add one of each if you have unlocked the parts, um, and have the money to build the parts. These can change, you know, what is normally like a pretty pedestrian gun into a fucking death dealing machine. Um, and that all depends on your playstyle and, uh, since the play, I know I was giving me the, the, the heads up that we're running out of time. Well, anyway, that's the best I can do for our feature for payday too. I definitely say go buy it right now before March 31st, um, 75% off of $4 and 99 cents. Um, or you can play it for free for the next four days and 20 hours. Um, you can play it for free and it runs on Linux. It does not say that it really runs on Linux. It runs on Linux. Uh, personally, I've been running it on, uh, uh, this is Linux Mint. That's what this box is running right now. So, payday two, go get it. And, uh, find me on, uh, find me on there and we'll go, we'll go pull some jobs, man. Okay. Now for the deals, sans music, cause we're running out of time. The deals, first off, we have the escapist at 66% off, $6.11 now through March 28th. That's everyone's favorite isometric, um, demi-pixelated, uh, you know, blah. Then we have Grim Fandango, the ultimate remastered edition from only a few months ago. Grim Fandango, 75% off, now through March 29th at $3.74. So if you've been waiting to get, like, the king of the point-and-clickers, well, one of the kings of the point-and-clickers, definitely pick up Grim Fandango. And then finally, great friend of the show, Robot Roller Derby Disco Dodgeball. Uh, one of my favorite interviews that I've done, um, for the show with uh, Roller roller Derby Disco Dodgeball's creator. Right now, it's a steal, 50% off, $3.99, March 28th. I will see you next week with, um, if I I come up with more things to say about Payday 2, I will, but until then, you just need to go fucking buy it. At $4.99 instead of 20 bucks, go buy it. Cheers, thanks for listening. You can uh, check out video of uh, me playing Payday 2 on www.bestlinuxgames.com and you can find me on Steam, Skooky Sprite, S-K-O-O-K-I-E-S-P-R-I-T-E. Find me on Steam, we'll do some jobs, um, play some Counter-Strike Go, um, and uh, you can find me on Twitter at VegasWriter, V-E-G-A-S-W-R-I-T-E-R. Cheers, thanks for listening. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.